Pastor Varun and Pastor Dala Hopperson would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church, Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's dynamic teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. Why don't we pray? Father, we thank you so much, Lord, for your word, and thank you for teaching us by your Holy Spirit. And we pray, Father, that this letter or these words will be imprinted into our heart by the Holy Spirit. It will not be just the letter of the law that kills. And we believe that this letter or this law that gives us by the Spirit will give us life so that we can, Lord, share your life with other people. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Today we will continue to talk about discipleship. And we want to talk about the importance and the cost of discipleship. And again, I don't want you to get this lesson as a head knowledge. Oh, yeah, I know the Bible. I know what God say. <coughs> but I want you to really practice and live according to the Word of God. You remember the Bible said, if you build your house on the rock, even the storm, the rain, the flood comes, your house will stand. <coughs> People who build a house on the rock are those who really know the Word, read the Word, hear the Word. And practice the word. I know that this subject is a little bit heavy, but I think it's something that's quite missing in the church nowadays. I believe that if we want to follow the truth, we have to follow the whole truth in the Bible. Amen. Why Jesus said discipleship? Why it's so important? Because if you look at the life of Jesus Himself, you can see that during the three and a half years. Of his ministry on earth, he spent majority of his time discipling his followers. In Mark chapter three, verse fourteen, Mark three fourteen, Mark three fourteen reads: He appointed twelve, designating them apostles, that they might be with him, and that he might send them out to preach. Mm. The Bible says that he appointed or he selected. The twelve to be his disciple, so that they can spend time with him. So you can see that he spent majority of his time with the disciple to train them, so that they can be sent out again to preach the gospel. So Jesus set a good example to us that we need to make disciple. If he just go and preach the gospel, lay hand on the sick, cast out demons, perform miracle, and never make any disciple, after three and a half years, he left. Up to heaven, nothing gonna be around here, because he's gone. But he knew that somebody have to carry the baton and go on, carry the kingdom of God on the earth. So the same thing with all of us. We need to really make disciple. Making disciple is not only the job of a pastor. It's not only a job of a, a preacher or leaders or elders in a church. But I believe that it's a calling. Of God for every single believer, you all should set the goal that you will make disciple. You will help somebody younger than you to grow up to be stronger than you. I believe that this is the calling for every Christian. In fact, God <clears throat> never called anyone to be just a churchgoer Christian, but He want all of us to be disciples of the Lord Jesus. What is the last commandment in the Bible in Matthew twenty-eight? 18 to 20. What is the last commandment? Matthew 28. Make disciple of all nation. He did not say that. Just go and make church goers. He said make disciple. So all of us need to be disciple and make disciple. And you will fulfill the the hearts of God, the desire of the Lord. Do you think that God wants to save the whole world? Do you think God wants to have? As many people as possible to go to heaven. Amen. <clears throat> so he want to save the whole world. Actually, God really loved the world. In order to do that, we cannot just produce churchgoers. Making disciple is the most important method that God is using to impact the whole world. People calculate if one person, for example, if I disciple Eric for one year. Make him strong, and after one year, I and Eric both disciple another one. 
And we keep doing this. Everyone who get disciple or get trained, go out and disciple another person, and take one year. Just example, one year. If everybody is faithful doing that, in 32 years, the whole world will hear the gospel. 32 years, one generation. Actually, less than half generation because one generation is about 80 years, 60, 80 years old. So, the problem is that now. Not every Christian is making disciple. We have a lot of churchgoers. We have a lot of people who go and receive, become like a consumer. You know, help me, bless me, but no one want to take time and energy to disciple other people, to help them to grow, to become like Christ. But if everyone is doing that, the whole world will hear the gospel very fast in only a short period of time. Thirty-two years is not that wrong, that long. You know. We already in mid of February of year 2009. Can you imagine? We just have New Year, only in the blinking of our eyes. Already one and a half months gone. So, by plain mathematics, if everyone makes one disciple in a year, everyone in the whole world will, will hear the gospel, and many will be saved. Okay, and not only that. Why discipleship is so important? Because We don't want to just produce baby Christians. Can you imagine if right now you are some of you twenty years old, some of you twenty-two years old, twenty-one years old, eighteen, nineteen years old, and you stay like a five years old baby forever in your house? You just still running around crying, you know, the saliva come out, the running nose, and you know, mess your table and like a kid, like a young baby. The world will never prosper. The world will never go anywhere because we have so many baby people. The same thing in the kingdom of God. God wants all of us to grow, to become more mature, so that we can be an asset or can we can be the blessing to other people. Without discipleship, it's very difficult to grow. We want people to grow more, to become more mature, and we. This generation need to really start to obey what Jesus say that we're gonna make disciple. All of you need to make a decision. I don't know how many years on earth I have here, but I want to leave a legacy. I want to leave something behind me. I want to do the best, the best I can. One day when I died, one day when I leave this world, I know and I know. I have done the best I can for you, and I have trained so many disciples around me in the past years of my life. Today, one of our members came to me and cried, and she said that her dad, her dad is not a believer. I I shared the gospel with him many times, but he never wanted to accept Christ. My dad has a very severe back pain, and he went to the hospital for one month, and the doctor said that it might be lung cancer. That going to your spine, and that is a final stage cancer, which means not a long life, maybe six months. When I heard that, my heart just like oh, just pour out to her, and I pray for her dad. And I was thinking, this man is about maybe sixty-four years old. I was thinking in my heart right away that if this man knew the Lord. Since he was 18, and served God fully to 64, he would have died with dignity and say, "I have done my best on earth here. I have done the best thing for God." But unfortunately, this man haven't even known God. And if he accepted Christ now, if he accepts Christ now, I cannot call him. What can he do? He cannot make disciple. He cannot do anything much because he is on the sick bed. So he has wasted his life for the past 64 years, doing nothing for God. I don't want to be like that on that day. I mean, I will not die of cancer. Yeah. I am against cancer, so I speak to myself. I'm I'm gonna die old, but when one day when I die, I know and I know that I have done my best to produce the next generation that will do, will carry the fire, will carry the word, will carry the love of Jesus to impact other people. And I want you to get the same vision. 
I want you to get the same heart. Now you're still young. You know, I'm not talking to people at 60 years old. I'm talking to 18 to 22 years old people. You're still young, and you don't want to waste your life. You start to make disciple now. Start to take serious about living your life worthy of the gospel. Get people saved, train them, disciple them, and this is a serious business. You need to really make a decision to do that because otherwise, <laughs> I talked to Matt a while ago. We saw that those children in Myanmar, and we both agree that there are two aspects of life that really make Christianity in Western country have difficulty in loving God. Number one, we have so much. We have so much money here. So that's why people don't need God. Second, second thing, we are too busy. We have so many things to do, and then we forget about the Great Commission. So we have to. How how are we g o i n g to keep our heart like like a child, and always like think about the kingdom of God first? Always think about what can I do to make disciple? What can I do to train other people to become strong Christian? Definitely, if you want to do that, you will. Set a goal to grow yourself. In, if you never want to make disciple, you will never grow, because you just lay back, take it easy day by day. Who cares? I'm safe. I'm going to heaven. I don't care what's going on. But when you set a goal that I'm going to train somebody else, what happened? You're going to listen to a lot of CDs. You're going to read the Bible a lot. You're going to pray a lot. You know why? Because you need to prepare yourself to give to somebody. You may not have all the answer when you go to make disciple and teach somebody or talk to somebody, but when the question comes and you don't know the answer, at least you go back home and you study and say, "Okay, I have an answer for you next time." So you yourself grow faster. So actually, making disciple is almost mutual benefit. The discipler and the disciples both will grow fast because a disciple will have some personal. Training from somebody else. <laughs> People in the world go to the workout club, and they have personal trainer. Why Christianity don't have personal trainer? You know, they go out and keep moving <laughs> like this, and have personal trainer. We need to have personal trainer too in the body of Christ. That is, you disciple somebody, you take time to spend with somebody, and because when you do that, you're gonna grow faster. You have to really shape up your life. Because somebody is watching you, you cannot be goofy anymore. You cannot lie and live a sinful life. Because somebody is watching your life and say, "Hey, hey, hey! You do that, and you try to disciple me. That's not good. You are not good example to me." So you shape up your life faster when you disciple somebody. Amen. So spiritual maturity is the end result of discipleship. Now let's look at the sign of a mature Christian. What kind of Person is mature, and I pray that you all will become mature Christian to be able to help other people. You will not be baby forever. Number one, fruitfulness in your ministry. You just write the scripture down: Matthew twenty-five, fourteen to thirty. Jesus talk about different talents. Somebody have five. Somebody have three. Somebody have one. And God wants us to use that talents to produce fruit, to make more profit for God. So Christians who are mature will be fruitful in the ministry, will make impact to the kingdom of God. So that should be your goal. I will become more and more fruitful in my ministry. Maybe your ministry is worship. For example, you may be a singer. You say, "You know, I can improve my singing. I will improve my anointing to the point that when I start to sing, the presence of God gonna drop into that room suddenly." You need to have that goal that I gonna be fruitful in my ministry. Maybe your ministry is worship. Maybe some of your ministry is teaching. Maybe some of you encouraging people, like my wife. She has a ministry of encouragement. She is not a preacher. She doesn't want to be on the stage. Like today, when Mary Jo and Neil Chia say, "You go up and say something," say, "No, no, no, no. I'm not my. It's not my calling. I don't want to be up there." 
she's not a, a type of wanting to stand in front of people and talk. But oh, I tell you, she really excelled in her in her ministry. Yesterday morning, we have 22 people of single mom. 22 single moms came to our house for Valentine breakfast. And after that, right after that, she just ate and full. She took out the downtown care groups, which are full of people who never come to our church because they live in the shelter. They have mental problem. They came to the old spaghetti factory, and we fed them maybe about 20 people. That is her ministry. Her ministry is to excel, to encourage people to love God. And it's it's not my ministry, but, uh, but I supported her to do that job, to support people, to love people. You need to find your own ministry and be fruitful and excel. Do the best you can. Whenever you do something according to your giftings and your talents, you're going to see the impact. Life will be changed. Something happened. And you need to set that goal. I'm going to be fruitful in what I'm called to do. My calling, my giftings. You know, I came back from Thailand this time. I want to shout hallelujah because I feel like I'm going like a... Uh, I think my ministry is more like arsonist <laughs> or, or like, a, like a rocket. When I hit some place, I hit with rocket. That place, explosion. And this happened. When I went this time, it exploded. All the work of hell broke loose. I come back, I got email and phone call that all the problems that the devil tried to hit the church are resolved in mm. one weekend. It's like a hammer from heaven could come and just break the power of hell. Yeah. That's my ministry. I go in and just shake everything up. Mm. I'm happy because I was fruitful when I went to Thailand this time. And that should be your goal. Whatever you do, you want to be fruitful Amen. for the kingdom of God. That is mature Christian. That's why the devil doesn't want us to teach this kind of lesson on Sunday morning. Because he knows that we're going to have too many serious Christians on earth here. Not too many religious people. I'm not talking about religious people. I'm talking about disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, set that goal. I'm going to be fruitful. The second characteristic of spiritual maturity is a humble attitude. Willingness to serve others. Disciples are servants. You are willing to serve. You're willing to humble yourself to be a blessing to other people. John chapter 13, 12 to 17, talking about that. You can maybe study Bible later on. John, for the sake of time. John 13, 12 to 17, talking about being servant of all. The more mature you are, the less you become. More of Christ, less of me. You become less and less. Like I mentioned on the pulpit today, if you're mature, it's not about you anymore. Even people hurt your feeling, people say anything against you, you say, it doesn't affect me because it's not about me. I'm dead. I'm dead already with Christ on the cross. It's about how to help other people to grow, Serving other people is about other people, not about you anymore. So the more mature you are, believe me, the more you will think about uh, the less, not the more, the less you will think about yourself, and the more you could think about other people, how to be a blessing to other people. You don't care about position anymore. You don't care how people label you. You don't care how people think about you. Just you just think about God, and think about other people, and that meant, that is. A mature Christian. Mature Christian think about other people, serving other people, humble. Number three, 2 Corinthians 13, 11. Finally, brothers, goodbye. Aim for perfection. Listen to my appeal. Be of one mind, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. So your Bible says aim for perfection. Mature Christian will do everything in the excellent way for God. You will aim for perfection. You do everything the best for God. You're not sloppy. You're not lazy. You're not just do things, get by. You do the best because you love Him so much. Lately, um, I shared with Pastor Dad that I believe the file of God really touched me a lot that 
to the point that I really feel the love of God for me, and that's why I say every time I think about God, I want to laugh because I really know God loves me, and I know that God is so good to me and to all of us. When you think about how much He loves you, you want to do the best for Him. You want to do everything best for Him. Because he's so valuable, he's so precious in your eyes. I learned that the Bible says the goodness of God brings people to repentance. You see, our job is to bring the goodness of God to people, and they will experience that goodness, and then they will fall in love with Jesus. They will not follow the law because just out of compulsion or out of I have to do it. But they follow the law of God because of love, because they really, really know that God loved them. That's my goal. I want every member in our church to come to that point that, yes, I know God loves me, and I want to do the best for Him. I love Him so much. When you love somebody, you want to do the best for that person. Is that right? You want to give the best to that person. The same thing with God. We want to give Him the perfect. Do everything in perfection. Everything for God, Amen. Galatians two twenty, talking about I am crucified with Christ. The life I live, I don't live for myself, but live for Christ who loved me. Mature Christian. One of the sign that we can see is that he or she really, really get banana for Christ. Love Christ so much. Have relationship with Christ. Really talk about Christ. Talk about Him. Love Him. Exalt Him. Glorify Him. Amen. Amen. You have to be careful. I have seen so many pastors in the past 20 years that they fall into the trap of the enemy. They start very well with loving Christ, but then they begin to think about the vision. The size of the church, the size of the ministry, and they ended up falling into sin because they forget about Christ. They think only about their reputation, how many people know them, how big is their church, how many people join the church. So they looking into the success, but forget that it's not about success. It's about loving Jesus. It's about preaching Jesus. It's about bringing people to Jesus, not to prove that I am capable and successful. The size of the ministry doesn't mean anything to me. The size of the church doesn't mean anything to me. Look in the world today: how many big churches that the pastor fall into sin nowadays? Because the relationship with Christ is not there anymore. It's just all about business. It's about organization. I and Pastor Dar are really trembling. We don't want to go that direction. We want to just look like a child, loving the Father, named Jesus. We just want to love Him. We want to have relationship with Him. Amen. You see, keep on going like that. We will not fall away. Christ is the center of everything, Amen. and we have that relationship with Christ. Galatians five, twenty-two and twenty-three. Galatians 5, 22 and 23, talking about the fruit of the Holy Spirit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Mm-hmm. A mature Christian will demonstrate the fruit of the Holy Spirit: kindness, gentleness, faith, love. Happiness, patience, long suffering. Did you examine yourself? Do I have enough joy? Do I have enough love? Do I have enough patience with people? Long suffering. Sometimes things happen in the church, kind of bother you. Are you long suffering to be patient with people, to forgive people, to bear with people? Are you a joyful person? Are you always sad? I believe that metro Christian are joyful people, loving people, are loving people. They are uh, full of faith. When you have faith, you don't, be, you are not sad. You are happy all the time. Amen. You are happy all the time because you know God is in control. 
You don't have to worry about anything. God is still in control. So set that goal. I will have the fruit of the Holy Spirit in my life. I can develop that fruit, those character, those Christ characteristic. I want to be more loving. I want to be more joyful. I want to be more uh, faithful and amen, full of faith, full of love. Set that goal. That's my goal. I want to become more and more like Christ. When people come around me, they can see Christ in me. They can see my that my character represent Christ. Okay. Look at Ephesians four eleven to sixteen. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers, to prepare God's people for works of service, so that the body of Christ may be built up, until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God, and become mature. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ, then we will no longer be infants, tossed back and forth by the waves, and blown here and there by every wind of teaching, and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into Him who is the head, that is Christ. From Him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love, as each part does its work. Mm. Wow, this scripture is so clear that God wants us to grow into maturity of Christ. We want to become like Christ, attain to the whole measure of Christ, and when we reach to that point, we are stable people, not tossed back and forth, up and down, like a merry, like what you call that, the roller coaster. Thank you. I try to find the word. It's not like a roller coaster, go up and down. But stable. No matter what happened, you still ha ha ha, ho ho ho. You still smile. You still happy. Nothing around you can affect you. The fiery furnace cannot make you scare. The lion den cannot make you scare and run away. You're so stable because you become like Christ. And I pray that you all will become mature Christian like that one day. That you will be so stable, walking in faith, in integrity, in holiness, in purity, and say, God, I'm gonna become stable. That you can depend on me. So that should be our goal for all of us as a Christian. We need to grow to become mature Christian. Amen. So always examine yourself: Am I doing the right thing? Am I having the right attitude? Am I going up and down, or I'm stable? And press in to grow more, to really know more about God, and keep changing so that we will become stable Christian, holy Christian. Okay. In summary, we will become like Christ. Mature Christian also have a very good, solid knowledge of the Word of God. We need to know the word of God. I don't say that you need to know everything because it's impossible for all of us to know everything in the Bible. It's beyond human ability to understand and have all. Only God know everything in the Bible. But we should keep studying, keep learning the word of God. We will have solid foundation of the word of God. Amen. So we should be diligent, studious in studying the word of God. Understanding the Word of God, Amen. Amen. So that is the characteristic of mature Christian. Why we need to be mature? Why it's so important to be discipled, to be discipled, and become mature Christian? Because number one, that's what the Bible wants us to be. It's a command of God. God say we need to be mature. He doesn't want us to be infants forever. Matt just read a while ago. He doesn't want us to be infant tossed back and forth by the word of people, by the circumstances around us. But we are strong. He wants us to be mature and strong. That's why he put us in the local church. That's why he put us around pastor, teachers, apostle, prophet, and evangelists, so that these people can train you to become mature in Christ. Amen. The second reason we need to be mature. Okay, let me ask this question: If you want to put sands on a table and keep that 
sand without falling on the ground. If you want to put more sand, what do you need to do on the table? More sand. How you do it? Make the base bigger. That's right. Simple. If you want to keep more sand on the table, you need to expand the surface area of the table. Is that correct? If the, the table is small, the surface area is small. You put sand in. After a while, it will drop off and fall to the ground. But if you expand the surface table of the table, you can keep more sand. This is the same principle of the kingdom of God. In order to get more people saved, in order to be able to keep people in the kingdom and not falling up away, not forsaking God one day or get back to the world again, falling off the table, we need to have bigger base, and that base of surface area is leadership. The more leaders we have, the higher number of people we can contain in the church and in the body of Christ. This is a crisis in the body of Christ. We don't have enough leaders. Why? Because we don't have enough mature Christians. In order to be leaders, to be able to help God to hold on a lot of people, you need to be strong, so that you can take care of more people. Amen. Let God use you to be a part of that table. For example, if we have ten more people from Seattle, you come in. Eventually, Joanne cannot handle. Eventually, Jonathan cannot handle that by themselves. They're going to need you. They will need Amanda. They're going to need Rachel to rise up and say, after a few years, I become mature now. I'm going to help you looking after this sophomore or this junior. Maybe in a few years, you graduate. You work. You have income. You have your own car. God established you, bless you. You say, I'm going to help take care of these people because so many people come in. Joanne cannot take care of them herself. You need more and more bigger base to be able to handle more people, and that is the heart of God. God wants to get more people in, but sometimes He cannot send people in because we don't have enough mature Christian to handle them. They're going to be just a zoo or a football stadium. Just people come and yell, 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 hallelujah, but no one grow. God wants everyone to be taken care and to be disciple. So the more leaders, the more mature Christian, we can handle more people. We can help more people. Amen? Amen. So now you see why Joanne tried to train you in the care group. She wants you to get involved. She wants you to uh, lead worship and teach and get you involved more because that is the goal, is to get you rise up and you can take care of God's people for Him, for the kingdom of God more. Then more people can come. It's a principle of God. It's not about one man show. But it's about working as a team that more mature people can take care of younger people at the same time. Okay? Why we need to be mature? Number one, because the Bible says so. Number two, so that we can take care of more people. Number three, you think the devil is going to let you have a good time on earth here? You think he's going to leave you alone? No. The devil will not leave you alone. The devil will try to destroy you. The devil will try to kill you. We'll try to get rid of you. He has all kinds of tricks and schemes to get rid of all of us. The Bible says that in order to be able to stand against the devil, one thing is about being defensive. Means somebody attack you and they cannot kill you. And also being offensive means go in and get somebody out of their territory. You need to be very strong. Amen. Sometimes when I watch all this movie like Jackie Chan, <laughs> Jet Li. You know, I'm thinking about the Bible. Yesterday I watched, I, uh, in the evening we tried to relax, so I asked Pastor Dad, should we go out for Valentine's dinner? She said, no, we just stay home, relax. So I picked up a movie, just relax and watch. The movie called The War. Jet Li, his family was killed, and he wanted to go back to get rid of all this gangster, the mafia. So he has to get in there, into their houses, and get rid of all of these bad people by himself. 
Initially, it looked like he's a bad guy, but actually, he's a good guy. Jet Li himself. He get in and kill all the bad guys in those two houses. One is Chiro. Chiro uh, is one of the bad guy. Another one is the family named Chang. So he went into both family and really kill all the gangster in order to get rid of bad people. But he was so strong. He got in there. No one can do anything to him. He's so good in martial art. He just kill all the bad guys in there. So I was watching. Wow, this is like a Bible. <laughs> Matthew twelve twenty-nine. But if you look in a positive way, Matthew twelve twenty-nine. Matthew twelve twenty-nine. Oh, how can one enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first buys a strong man? And then he will plunder the house. What does it mean? If you want to go in and snatch a group of people out of the hand of the devil, you need to be strong enough to fight with the devil. That's why weak Christians cannot do anything. The devil look at weak Christians and he laugh. <laughs> you just go to church, you go to heaven, but you cannot do anything in my kingdom. You cannot threaten me. You cannot steal people from my hand, but we should not be like that. We should be like gently martial art in the kingdom. We get into the land of the enemy, and we just buy the devil, buy the strong man. The strong man means the devil, the owner, the head of the whole house, and you snatch all these prisoners and captive out of that house and get them into heaven. You see, if I'm a weak Christian, do you think I can go to Thailand like this? Go to Trat, go to s a k e l No way. The devil gonna laugh at me. When I step in, he gonna slap me right and left, and I will fall down and I will cry and go home. <laughs> Is that right? Because I'm a weak Christian. But sorry, devil, Doctor Lau and Pastor Lau is not that. I am strong. I come with the file of God. I'm strong. I have faith. I go in and just slap you and get people out of your kingdom and get people saved, set the captive free. So that's why we need to have a lot of people rise up to be mature, to be able to not only protect yourself as a defensive mechanism that he cannot attack you. You defend your family, you defend your church. No one can touch your members, can touch your kids, your wife, your husband. Not only that, but you can go in and get. People out of the kingdom of darkness. You see why we need to be mature Christian. Amen. Cannot just be wimpy Christian. Wimpy Christian cannot do anything. Need to be strong. Amen. Strong Christian will make long-lasting impact in the world for Christ. Wimpy Christian, immature Christian, just get to heaven to get by. Cannot do anything. That's why the discipleship class like this is so important in the church. That's why, like what Pastor Tyson said today, running the care group is so important because in the care group you are being trained to be strong, to be soldier. Care group is not just fellowship; it's a boot camp. You're trained. You're trained to know how to lead worship, how to lead people to Christ, how to share the gospel, how to teach, how to lead the group of people. And once you get that established in your life, you can go anywhere and you can do that again. And then the devil will be in trouble because you can go and build a group, and you can get people saved. You can disciple people, train people. I totally believe in the care group system because it's a training ground, training soldiers. There are two benefits: number one, to take care of members, but number two, train them up to be strong disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Okay. Remember this: winning converts. Only add the numbers of born again believers into the world. Winning people to know Christ alone, you just add number. But discipleship will make another disciples to be able to reproduce themselves again exponentially. If you have the gift to get 500 people saved in your lifetime, and that's it, what you do is only 500. Think about it. But if you get people say 500, but out of 500 you train 30, 
those thirty people, each of them will have potential to win, maybe another two hundred, three hundred, five hundred thousand, twenty thousand people. Out of you, you produce somebody who's going to go get more people saved, making more disciple, than just you yourself get five hundred. It's exponential. Don't forget discipleship. Don't ignore discipleship. You need to do that. You may say, "I'm not ready yet." That's okay. In the next few years, you're going to be ready. In the next few months, you will say, "Joanne, I like to take care of some people. Can I be involved? Maybe I can take care of the youth in the church. We have a lot of youth. Maybe you can visit some youth and disciple them, teach them the Bible." Somebody younger than you or less mature than you, you can help them, something like that, and be faithful. Every time you meet these people, the sheep of God, remember that this is not just wasting your time. You are making something impact to the kingdom of God in a long term, long lasting impact. And you tell them the same thing. You need to make disciple as well. You go out and make disciple. Not just I make you disciple. You need to carry the baton and give to the next person. Amen. So, in conclusion today, I want to emphasize that making disciples is important. God calls all of us to do that. We should set that goal. Helping somebody. You may not be in the level of pastoring people like me, or teaching people, but if you just spend time with somebody, encouraging them. Helping them to grow, maybe pick them up to come to church, spending time, encouraging, calling, emailing, praying for, giving advice. You know, spend time with that person. Whatever gift you have, you may not have strong gift gift of teaching. That's okay. Like Pastor Da, she meet people all the time. Like I, I give you example. One lady came to our church. I just give you example how Pastor Da did to the chief in the church. One lady came to the church. This lady came from a broken home. Her dad dumped her. Her mom dumped her. She was growing up in a foster home, but her foster mother didn't care much about her. She came to church, got saved right away. When Pastor Dan know about that, she embraced her to be like our daughter. Pastor Dan didn't teach the Bible. Just love, just share, just encourage. Just let this lady know that you are not alone. Even though your parents dumped you, but somebody loved you. Now this person turned around the corner, flourishing, loving God. Never miss care group. Read the Bible. So hungry, watching Joyce Meyer every day. Very on fire for God. Pastor Dar may not teach her a lot of Bible because she can get the CD from our church. She can listen to my sermon. She has other sister teach her, but in a sense, Pastor Dar disciple her by embracing her into Pastor Dar's life, helping this lady to grow. Without doing that, she's gonna come here and disappear one day, and then just drop out of the table again and disappear. Discipleship. It's costly. You spend time. You need to love people. You need to set your goal to be mature Christians. But it's worth it. I and Pastor Darwin, we look at this lady every time in the church. <sighs> Even the whole life that we, if I don't go to Thailand and have one thousand people standing in front of me preaching to them, but to save this lady and disciple her to become strong Christian, it's worth it. The life was a mess, but the church need to do the job to restore and heal her, so that she can be productive again. You see, so I want to beg you to do the same thing: to look for people, love them, just love people, disciple people, spend time, help people to grow. Don't repeat the history of churches that people just go to church and do nothing. And just pay tithe and go home. We all need to decide with somebody. Any question about importance of discipleship that I share today?
If you have question, I can answer. Yes. How can you uh, find your ministry and develop it more? Did I produce CD named "Discovering Your Ministry"? That is in English. Oh, I don't know. Okay, I don't. I don't remember. Okay, definitely you listen to that CD series, "Discovering Your Ministry." In a simple way, how to find your ministry? Number one, you need to find what spiritual gifts you have. How you find your spiritual gifts is to study about the gift. What kind of gift God gives to people? Then. Get involved doing things and observe yourself. What I can do best, and other leaders will observe you. What you can do best, so you keep getting involved in ministry and watching yourself. What you can do the best for God. What more effective? That is your gift. Number two, you need to look at your heart. Your heart passion. Usually, the calling of God for your life to do always go along with your heart passion. Your passion, for example, your passion is for children. You just want to go into that children room and minister to children. You see what I mean? If your heart is for teaching, you're going to love to write lesson. You want to teach. You want to study more. So that is the heart of teacher, the passion. You look at your ability. If you have ability to type, maybe you can help typing. So you look at the natural ability as well. You look at your Personality. If your personality is very outgoing, maybe you should get involved in any ministry that more upfront, like actual greeting people or on the stage. But if you are type B, very shy, don't want to be in front, you can get involved in behind the scene, setting up lunch for people, dinner, organization, do something to organize. Behind the scene, people don't need to see you, but you're still working on that project or ministry. Our last thing is experience. Look at your experience, whatever you experience in your life. God can keep adding experiences to you, and you use all of these things to find out what God called you to be and to do for Him. It takes some time to discover your own ministry, but don't worry about it. Keep serving God, and one day we're going to become so clear. And I want to let you know one thing. Even if it becomes so clear, it doesn't mean you're going to stay like that. God may move you to another one in the future. You are faithful now to one area. Eventually, God is going to promote you to do another thing. So don't have to be stuck at all one ministry. God will move you. God will promote you. I like care group level because it's really real. I go to sometimes go to big churches. People stand up on the stage, singing. People, you know, like in the big meeting. But what happens is that these people have no accountability, so they can show in front of public, in front of big meeting. But deep down inside, they never grow. But in the care group, you have accountability. You know life. You can when your friends see you in the care group, they see that you have these weaknesses. They may come and talk to you and say, "I think you need to change." So it's real. We call grassroots care group is a grassroots that go dig deep into your real life, and you cannot avoid it. You cannot hide yourself. People can hide themselves behind the microphone. No one know that you are in sin, but in a care group, it's hard to hide because everyone know each other. So uh, um, <laughs> it's real. I think that's why, like Joanne said, care group structure is the. It's a discipleship structure that helps you to grow faster. Some people may not like it because they want to hide. They don't like to come to small church and small group. They just want to go big meeting and disappear, walk out, and who care? I don't need to grow. But because they lack knowledge, they don't understand that it's so important to grow, to be real in Christianity. I'm so glad that last week a guest came to our church named Matt, and he came to my care group on Wednesday. He lived in Bellevue. Today he came back again. I asked him, "Why do you come to our church?" He used to go to a big church. He said that because I see the genuineness of the whole church, and I want that. I want the genuineness. I want the love. Your guys so much love. You know, I, I don't want just to walk in and have a nice meeting and go home and nothing. I want the real reality. I want the genuine discipleship. So, I think people are looking for that in society. Mm-hmm. You will know what calling you have. 
No question. It's with you in this kind of church. Yeah. You cannot avoid it. You have to know. <laughs> you cannot hide yourself behind something. It's going to show up one day. Yeah. A lot of things inside you, God. Actually, the file of God, one thing about the file, I'm not sure it's in the series or not, but I want to say that the file of God is sometimes scary because it really shows up all the junk in our life and you know you get scared. You don't want to get in because you see, you, you cannot hide anymore what junk inside you. So he reveal and you have to repent and move on or you stay the same. You don't move on. You get stagnant. So I want to encourage you to grow, to become mature and to make disciples. This generation. Amen. No matter how old you are, one day you may grow and you turn to my age. Maybe one day you have your kids, you have your family. It doesn't matter. Just stay on fire. Stay like a child. Just stay simple. Don't be too... Big-headed and say, oh, now I know a lot. I don't need this. Just stay simple, hungry, and just being like children and love God and want to do what God say. Stay like that for, for the rest of your life. Being hungry and being being obedient to God, willing to serve God. So, I will see that day. I will live here long enough to see all of you have kids one day and have family, and and I will see that you're still on fire that day. <laughs> you wanna carry my first baby? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> thank you okay let's pray huh let's pray father we thank you so much lord for your word today we thank you for the wonderful group of people here we pray father that you will use them you will help them to grow to become like christ and they will make disciples they will be on fire there will be lord people who grow mature and become like christ all the day of their life father Bless them indeed, Father. No one will fall away from you. No one will, Father, Lord, choose the wrong way, but they will choose Jesus' way. Father, in Jesus' name, Amen. Amen. We trust this message has ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching series, please contact us at 206-275-1042 or visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.org. You may also write to us at the following address, New Hope International Church, 9170 Southeast 64th Street, Mercer Island, Washington, 98040. Thank you very much. 